once I, I really got to that elite level of, of thinking positively, but also thinking productively, um, then I was able to not stress so much about the little things. Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith and a special guest to talk about how to focus on the positive. We discuss how she dealt with being a perfectionist as a young player, using the 1% better mantra, using routines that start in the on-deck box, practicing being grateful, living in the moment, and changing your view on pressure. Let's now a little bit more about our guest. If softball had been in the Olympics the past few cycles, you would have seen today's guest rocking the red, white, and blue on the biggest stage. She helped hold the fort down for Team USA during its Olympic hiatus, winning four consecutive World Cups, the 2010 ISF World Championship, and the 2011 Pan American Championship. Prior to her international career, she was a staple on Arizona State's record-setting teams. There she became a four-time All-American and the only player in Pac-10 history to be selected Newcomer of the Year and Player of the Year her following three seasons. We are so excited to have this guest with us. Please welcome former Team USA member, Women's College World Series champion, and Arizona State Hall of Famer, formerly Katie Cochran, and now Katie Roll. Welcome, Katie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, behind the scenes, you guys didn't know that we recorded this already without actually hitting record. So, we're going to make you do this all over again, Katie, but start it with... Telling us a little bit about your journey with the mental game from youth and playing in travel ball in high school all the way up through playing for Team USA. Um, well, you know, growing up in high school, um, especially, I thought I was kind of perceived as someone who was a perfectionist, someone who wanted to always do things the right way and wasn't going to settle until I thought I was perfect. And, um, I realized that only took me so far because, um, that meant that my mental game wasn't as strong as maybe where it needed to be, especially when I got to the collegiate level. And so I was really fortunate, um, during my senior year in high school to, um, meet one of my travel ball coaches, Tony Rico, and he offered me a spot on his firecrackers team. And, um, he was just someone that really switched my whole mindset because I had coaches growing up that were very, um, very in your face, which I was, I was opposed to. Sometimes I was that kid that needed to be, I guess, yelled at or just, you know, snapped back into action. And he was a lot more mellow, but also really wanted to focus on getting down to the nitty gritty, which was the mental aspect of the game. And with him, he really focused on having us look at things from a positive perspective, whether it be in softball or in life. And um, it just really really truly shifted how I viewed the game, how I viewed in a bat, a pitch made, a play made, anything, just because, you know, I was told like I had to go at 150 miles an hour and he was telling me to slow everything down and imagine yourself, you know, doing it the right way, doing it well and doing it the way that you saw fit. And so when I would step up to the plate, you know, I was always thinking about, you know, the 12 different things that, you know, maybe I needed to fix in my swing at that moment. And he wanted me to simplify my approach and, you know, maybe think about one or two things if needed, but you know, sometimes I would just go up there and I would say, see ball, hit ball. I would say, okay, what is this pitcher really trying to do to me? And, you know, subconsciously I was kind of thinking about, you know, the pattern or sequence of pitches that she would throw at me and, I would try and um, 
kind of decipher that, especially when I stepped out of the box. And when I was able to do that, and then, you know, whatever the outcome of that thought was, as long as I thought I was accomplishing my goal, like if I hit the ball hard somewhere, whether it was an out or for a base hit, I still look at it from a positive perspective. And um, while at first in high school, especially, it was kind of harder for me to implement, I think I was able to successfully implement it once I got to college because we definitely had a lot of mental coaches where they helped us slow down our breathing and not look at every situation as a pressure situation because we knew we had a lot of of expectations, you know, coming into college as far as performing at a certain level. And, um, you know, my, my coaches at Arizona State, my coaches, even from high school, they really helped me to, you know, make my mental game a strength and not something that was a weakness. Um, and I think that's where I was able to perform well because I looked at, you know, strikeouts or I looked at outs, you know, as things that could potentially be a positive for me to help me out in the future and not just, you know, get down on myself in the moment because I struck out. And, um, yeah, I just think that's, that's what kind of helped me then get to Team USA when, you know, everything we did, we kind of did from a business standpoint, it was us getting prepared individually. We knew what we needed to do to get ready for a game. You know, we were professionals at that point and we were expected to perform and warm up as such. And all of us had different ways in which we did that. And so we just kind of went about our business that way. Um, We were structured, but at the same time unstructured because our coaches um, had the confidence in us and we had the confidence in them that, you know, we would still be very successful with how we prepared individually for a game. Yeah, especially because at that point, you guys had all had multiple years of figuring it out, too. Uh, I know probably high school coaches listening are like, what? No way. I can imagine just letting my girls <laughs> warm up on their own. Um, you talked about have, dealing with pressure and expectations. And I'm sure you experienced a lot of the expectations from just the level you were playing at. But what would you say was something that helped you with the expectations you put on yourself? Um, I think as far as the expectations that I put on myself, it wasn't something that I always thought about at the forefront of my mind. Um, Because if I did, then it would start to consume me. So I would just try and break things down and, you know, just try and set small goals for myself. Um, Obviously set the big ones, you know, whether it was a team goal or individual goal. Um, I, I think it was important to just focus on what you could do in that moment and not focus so much on, trying to accomplish 10 things at once because that's just not realistic. And I think um, thinking positively in the mindset saying, you know what, like I am capable of doing this. I know I can do this. It's going to be a process and I'm just going to take it day by day, but I just want to focus on getting 1% better. And if I did that from day to day, then by the time it came to truly accomplish that goal or to be in that moment where you put yourself in a position to accomplish a goal, whether it be for the team or for yourself, um, or both, um, I think then that moment didn't seem so big because you knew what it took to get there. You knew the time it took um, and the fact that it was a process that, you know, it was almost just another game, another day, another play that you had to make that you were used to doing day in and day out. Katie, I uh, wanted to make sure that I let you know that when uh, 
when we met, I think that you were one of the most humble, humble people I've ever met. And I really appreciate, you know, the two weeks we spent together in Canada, working those camps together. And I learned a lot from you and was able to, um, you know, observe you teaching and, and coaching. So can you talk about some of the things that you um, teach your student athletes when you're working with them as far as the mental approach to the, to the plate when they're hitting? Well, I think the biggest thing um, with kids that I always like to teach them is their, their own individual approach because there's no two hitters that are the same. There's no cookie cutter approach to hitting. And I think when I get them to think about how a pitcher is maybe trying to get them out or what sequence of pitches they're trying to throw at them, then it gets them to think like, oh, well, this is something I need to improve upon. They're throwing me a lot of inside pitches and I'm you know, continuously late because maybe I'm looking for that one outside pitch that I may or may not get or may just not be ready for because I'm seeing so much on the inner half. And I think um, at that point, when they start to develop that approach, they start to uh, become more confident in what it is that they're doing. And that in turn strengthens their, their mental game. Um, I think also, you know, just giving them, giving them a little bit of love, you know, they, they need to hear something positive and they need to start thinking more positively. So instead of, you know, yelling at them after they strike out or, you know, after they get maybe not the most desirable outcome, you talk to them about what they did well and what they can do to improve. And I think when you switch that mindset, that instead of, you know, a failure being viewed as a failure versus something that you can improve upon, that's when, you know, you really start to see the the growth and the success of, of a student athlete that you can work with. Um, and I, I just think if as long as they can think positively, as long as they can um, dissect everything that they do in the game from a positive standpoint, then they're going to go far. Um, it's not that they can't ever get down themselves or that they don't, but if they can just step back in those moments and take a deep breath and then get back to it, whether it's just you know, turning on their teammates or helping their teammates um, be successful in their at-bats or any plays that they make, um, I think that's that's something that you can focus on, especially in those moments of adversity, because we're all going to go through them. We're all going to have slumps. Um, we're also going to have those days where, yeah, everything is like fairly good. There's nothing that you can do wrong. But I think if you just can stay level-headed and keep that, you know, level-headed mindset where, you know, your highs you don't get too high or those lows you don't get too low, then you know those the hot streaks as well as um, even the the hitting slumps you know aren't too far between each other and they aren't you know too too long you just you want to keep a a steady level of performance that's always getting better but not like you know up and down up and down up and down it's just you know on that steady incline yes no performance crashes we don't like those (laughs) right um so you talked about like remaining positive and I think this is a buzzword now a lot of people are um trying to be more positive in their coaching and teaching um but for me it's not just hey you got this it's not fluffy it's not sugar coating it's like you said it's turning it into something productive so we talk a lot about reframing 
heck, Alicia and I reframe for each other all the time. (laughs) So you're going to have days when you're grumpy. You're going to have days when you're not feeling it. You're going to have days when you're just straight up angry and mad about what's going on. But if you can reframe that into something that helps you, that could help keep that more steady performance like you're talking about. So what are some examples that you've used with girls or even for yourself to help reframe something that like maybe a t- maybe a terrible performance or maybe a day when you're feeling really out of it. How do you reframe that in a more positive way to get you back on track faster? Uh, I think um, especially when it um, came to softball, if I came in, I had a terrible bat and I knew it was pretty ugly. And go back in, you know, give you get a few high fives from my teammates, but then I would just grab a drink of water you know, take a, a deep breath and just say, okay, let's just like flush that down the toilet and then get back to the game because there's not, there's nothing that you can do that happened in the past. You know, you just have to focus on the future. You have to focus on, you know, what matters in the moment. And if you keep dwelling on the negative, if you keep dwelling on something that you can't control, then it's just going to eat you alive. So I think slowing down your breathing, you know, once again, a lot of kids like to, you know, have a joke told to them or maybe sing a little tune just to get their minds off of whatever, whatever is bothering them in that moment. I think that's, that's kind of key, but you don't want to get so unfocused where you're singing a song for the next 10, 15 minutes. You just want to get to a place where, you know, you're just humming a, a beat that, you know, makes you think of something that you love, you know, maybe it, it makes you think of your mom or dad or, of the time that you were on vacation or just hanging out with friends and just, it was a really good day. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was instead of freaking out in those moments, I would just step back, slow down, take a deep breath and just say, okay, next step back. You know, all I can do is learn from it and move on. And that was it. I'm really glad you brought that up, Katie, because a lot of, a lot of things that we've, we've heard lately is the best way to duplicate flow, that feeling that an athlete has when the ball is as big as a beach ball and everything's working out really well and smooth is actually gratefulness. So that's exactly what you described is just trying to get to that place of, of something that makes you feel grateful. And that allows you to, to help, help your, you know, that mindset. So I think that's really cool. Um, I also want you to talk a little bit more about the routines, the very purposeful routines that you teach your kids. You had some really good things that you've, you've taught them. And obviously you clearly had one too, but I know that we talked previously about some of those purposeful routines that you teach your kids. So could you share a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I think um, it all starts in the on-deck circle. You know, you want to start taking some swings and maybe getting the, the timing down of the pitcher. But once it's your turn to step up to the plate, you know, I want my kids to step up to the plate with some swagger and with some purpose. Because when you like stand tall with your shoulders back, I feel like the the teams that you're facing are going to take you more seriously and think, okay, like this kid means business. You know, they're ready to hit, they're ready to compete. And I think um, when you have that confidence, it really translates into your hitting and gives you a higher chance of success. You know, it doesn't mean that everything is going good all the time, but if you have that mindset, like, yes, I can get it done at any time. And if I don't, I'm going to get it done the next at bat or I'm going to have my eight teammates behind me in the lineup that are going to get it done. And, you know, just being grateful, as you say, to be there in the moment and to relish in the moment, um, 
whether once again you get that desired outcome or not, I think is so important. And so if you walk up with confidence, walk up with that composure, you know, slow down your breathing and just kind of take in that moment before you step into the box to get mentally focused and ready. Once you, you know, open up your eyes or um, step into the box, take a few little bat flags and then get ready to receive that pitch. I think kids are, are really um, preparing with, with a purpose. They're not just going up there and just walking up to the plate, stepping into the box and then hitting. And they're really ready to receive the pitches that they think they're going to receive if people have a book on them. But they're also ready to just react to whatever comes at them in a, a more relaxed but also efficient way. That's that's a lovely word, efficient. <laughs> uh, you mentioned like enjoying the moment and really letting yourself live in that moment. So <laughs> it's lovely, but it's harder than it seems, right? You're thinking about all these things. Sometimes think about your swing when you shouldn't be. You're thinking about the situation. You're thinking about what's going on outside of softball. What are some tips you would have for other players who are maybe getting a little in their heads to stop, breathe, and really enjoy the moment? Like, What does that feel like for you when you really are in it and enjoying it and grateful? I think um, for those kids who maybe don't have a ton of confidence or they just feel like they're not getting the success that, that they're wanting, um, I think you have to simplify the game. You don't want to overcomplicate it with 100 thoughts going on in your head or 100 thoughts that are, are negative because negative is not productive. And I think being positive is productive. I think um, simplifying your approach where it may just be to literally see the ball, hit the ball. If I see it, I hit it. If it, if I don't see it, don't hit it. And when they just go up there and just want to react to the pitch, I mean, their ability all the time that they spent practicing day in and day out, that's going to take over. And they just have to let their let their ability take over. They can't let their emotions, um, their negative thoughts in their head take over. They just, they really want to switch their mindset and simplify it. Yes. I love that simplifying. I think we learn so many things and it's really good. And we are, um, the top performers are always critiquing themselves, their swings, their performance, but at a certain point you have to teach yourself to clear your mind. So I love that you're teaching that early on. Katie, is there anything that you want to throw out there or add uh, for the listeners? Yeah, as far as just the game itself, I think, you know, if you don't view it as something that's a pressure day in and day out and you view it as something that you enjoy, you enjoy the challenge, you enjoy maybe those like quote-unquote pressure moments or tough moments of adversity, I think that's what really switched my mindset when I didn't um, expect myself to go four for four every game you know I I told myself like that's okay as long as I'm doing my job doing the best that I can if I've done everything that I can to prepare then you know God's going to take care of the rest you know and whatever that is be okay with that outcome you know it's only it was really only if I felt like there was something more that I could do that I felt that regret or I let those negative thoughts take over and I think it was just you know, once I, I really got to that elite level of, of thinking positively, but also thinking productively, um, then I was able to not stress so much about the little things. You know, you don't want to sweat the small stuff. It happens um, to all of us. 
But if you're able to make those those moments few and far between, I think that's what helps you get to that next level in your game and going in the direction that you want it to go. And that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome advice, Katie. We really, really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for uh, recording twice, even though we did record the first time, but this was uh, gold and we really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that is it for today's episode. But remember, focusing on the positive is just the beginning. Here at Mental Sweet Spot, we believe in bringing mental training onto the field and living these principles every day. To help you do that, we created the Dream Team Blueprint, a comprehensive step-by-step system for teaching the mental fundamentals of the game. As impactful as the Blueprint has been for our clients, many found it difficult to get through all of the mental training workouts with such limited time with our players. I'm sure you can relate. There's a lot going on mid-season. We heard you, so we're focusing on the positive and making it better. The Dream Team Blueprint will now be a part of our bigger vision, the Softball Mental Training Membership site. For just $2.97 a year, you'll have access to all the proven research-based resources you need to boost your athlete's confidence and resilience. From video trainings to team-building activities, fun challenges to on-field drills, we've got something to help each individual player. With our new a la carte style, you can even be more efficient with your time and give them exactly what they need when they need it. No more searching the web for hours. Simply hop on the site, and if a quick search doesn't turn up a drill or activity for you, you can jump in the forum and ask a colleague or us who have been in your shoes. More details to come as we get everything together. Doors open December 9th following the NFCA convention. In the meantime, join our waitlist for more info, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, and special offers. To do that, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash waitlist.